very bittersweet moment for me, man. This is the second last episode of my segment of Sports Made Simple um, with the zombie, with the with the Negro-minded zombie. And I know you haven't heard my voice in a very long time, which doesn't make anything or any situation any better. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy few months for me. It's been a crazy year for me as well, which is why I haven't been able to post as much as I wanted to post. So my apologies for that. Anyway, thank you so much for the constant support, for the constant streaming, for the engagements. Shout out to the people I managed to interview during my tenure as um, as the you know as the as the as the member of the zombie tribe in my capacity as a sports podcaster i would like to send a shout out to the rest of the zombies to eugene to sizwe to mbilwe to quabs you know for the constant support for the constant encouragement for everything you know um shout out to my fans that i gained even if it was one fan shout out to the people out there whether you're not south african or not you know shout out to everybody who was supporting me who helped me you know develop content to help me become a better writer podcaster in the future maybe um just wanted to say thank you to everybody for this opportunity and this you know i'm i'm always grateful you know i don't even know what to say i'm out of words you know i'm so 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 out of words you know I haven't been as you know as contribute as contributory as I was supposed to be, but you know, it is what it is. Thank you so much for everything, you know, to the tribe, you know, to 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 the people of the world who are listening to it. You know, in the words of the South African people, is Danko means thank you. Danko Bafut. Yeah. So now that I'm done with the cute emotional stuff, let's get to the real show. I don't even know where to start. It has been one of the craziest years as well, once again, in terms of sport, because it's our second year living through the pandemic. The pandemic was declared a pandemic between December and January. So it is marking the second year into the actual pandemic. We are seeing a lot more people vaccinate. Some people aren't vaccinated, and that makes it, that's still very that's still very tense because um vaccination is still at the moment the most effective tool of preventing the onset of severe infection whether you know whether whether the conspiracy theorist on twitter agrees with it or not the science proves it the science has been proving it for a hundred years and it's still going to prove it i think the anger comes with people saying that it is mrna so i think the element of the fact that there's some sort of genetic name or coding inside the the, the naming of the thing makes it very skeptical of which is not true because mrna and dna don't work in the same way you know rna is a different kind of genetic material which is much more multiverse and much more you know versatile in comparison to dna so yeah um you gotta you just gotta do what you gotta do you know we we, we've proven it look at joshua kimmich joshua kimmich plays for a team that is known to produce engines so very hard-working industrious players 
who have a high level of stamina and um and capacity to run a game from beyond 90 minutes uh and for you to be able to be able to do that you need a pair of lungs for guys who played fifa for a very long time if you remember during the 2011-2014 era where they were the specialty badges and they were introducing specialties to football players in the game so there was this badge on the game called engine so it had a pair of lungs so when i think of when they talk about an engine in football i think of that logo you know and joshua kimmich played himself by not vaccinating he's a well he's a, one of the more famous anti-vaxxers in the world as if niggas or people haven't been vaccinated against other much more supposedly dangerous and infectious diseases because all diseases are dangerous when we look at it essentially anyway so it's crazy when we look at it that way furthermore he's now he's now you know um, supposedly experiencing moderate to i think severe symptoms he's 26 years old and now his lungs are fucked he can't play until probably towards the end of the season because he refused to understand and realize the science which is why it is very important to educate sports players on the importance of as to why you know certain interventions are needed for them specifically you know particularly um vaccinations um you know medical testing you know the fact that they can't drink all night certain things like sleeping and and you know and mental solitude and mental awareness which makes it easier for them to play a better game you know we live in a world where now there's a lot more isolation because not the whole world is completely vaccinated so you need people who can move around right and only the people who are vaccinated are the only people who feel secure enough to move around you know so when there's less people who are vaccinated it means that a lot more countries will still be under lockdowns and isolations so it will still make people a bit finicky and angry which obviously in turn means that people will turn to social media where they will abuse those that ghost accounts because they're too cowardly to say it with their chest you know so it's a very uncertain and crazy time which is like i said i know i'm waffling but this is there's a reason being why sports players need to get vaccinated especially ones who play in um sports where there are crowds that are close to them you know football hockey you know um nba nfl all those sports because you are required to interact with more than just the players on the pitch you are meant to interact with your doctors the the physios the refs the officials who who are going into the into the um, into the stadium and everything and when you've seen because of the situation it means that there's no such thing as a ball boy anymore or ball girl or boy or ball girl you know those ones who go and actually sit in front of the players as they are you know preparing to play the game which is why it's very important for us to vaccinate not so that we can go back to normal so that we can live better with this disease now there are a lot of factors as to why the vaccination is not as 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 quick or as strong in some countries where africa still experiences under 10 percent of its vaccination program being successful only under 10 percent whereas the other you know most of the bigger countries have you know 
some have already reached herd immunity or some are on their very way to reaching herd immunity now you can't reach herd immunity when some people are still vulnerable to the disease because it means that the disease can still move around that's a basic science to understand that's a basic fundamental science to actually you know to put out there which is it is which is therefore very quintessential that you as individuals as people we ensure that the vaccination program gains momentum and it always should until such time where we cannot deem it a pandemic of great concern anymore because we want to move on from this part of our lives where we have to live in fear and constant anxiety of variants and mutations popping up due to people's lack of um uh, you know urgency when it comes to vaccinating so this is just me talking about the vaccination program in, in terms of the footballers in general and just you know sports players in general they should lead the front in terms of encouraging it they play sport sport is it requires fitness and agility and ability and you can't and the lungs when the lungs don't work your ability is lowered you're not gonna run as fast as you usually do you're not gonna run for as long as you should and that's the problem i feel like we need to find a way in to 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 to, to put that message across per se or whatever and tell people that why are we saying no like you can say no it's fine most countries are democratic and, and you know and that's okay but why are you saying no what information gives you the motive or what is the motivation behind you saying no right so yeah you know from my side as a as a as an epidemiologist as a person in the healthcare and health just in the health sector altogether i implore people to 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 go get vaccinated you know there's no point in us fighting and saying that you're gonna die in five years because of a vaccine when we clearly can see that it's not the problem the problem is the disease you're going to get your heart palpitations and your inflammations and those infections super infections when you're infected by the disease itself in opposed to the vaccine they get angry and say that the vaccine took a shorter time to develop than other vaccines as if medicine and everything else around us does not evolve we've gone through literally four industrial revolutions in close to 150 years and people still do not believe that even medicine and biotechnology can evolve it's not it's not that they don't believe it's that when you when when a situation has been politicized too much you fail to understand that something is wrong even when it's right or something is right even when it's wrong because you are now you now fall part of a faction or a block that believes in the bullshit that has been regurgitated in this case anti-vax sentiment i call it what it is because it is bullshit but it is what it is i'm not here to talk vaccine i'm here to talk sport and i'm here to simplify it but sport cannot happen in the way that it happens we cannot generate income we cannot let people go work in those stadiums people cannot you know play as well as they do because of this disease which supposedly affects the lungs not supposedly it affects the lungs in a very negative note 
so <clears throat> yes it's fine but people i implore people to go get vaccinated or to go and at least hear from professionals and experts and people who have been exposed to this vaccine whether it is directly or indirectly so i mean actually producing it and putting it and sealing it and actually administering it and those who have been administered ask them for their advice and don't ask somebody who wanted to get vaccinated so that they can prove a point <laughs> because now they're vaccinated and they're not gonna die so you know when i'm on the topic of politicization or politicization of any topic we look at the f1 we see what happened congratulations to max verstappen i'm gonna say it and a lot of people are gonna get angry at me but who cares this is my second last episode <laughs> but i'm kidding the second last episode and i'm gonna say it once and i've said it again congratulations to max verstappen fully deserved they're gonna get angry at me these people who just started watching f1 six months ago and say oh, but they couldn't supposed to deploy the safety car like that they were supposed to it's within the rules if you've watched fa i mean sorry f1 long enough you would know not started watching it because lewis hamilton looks good in Gucci. by the way you can tell that i'm not a fan of Vince. i'm a fan of hamilton because he's a black driver who's who has absolutely decimated the status quo but in this regard we saw that Verstappen had the better car he was the more determined one we saw the mistakes that Lewis Hamilton made during the season were going to cost him now at the end Verstappen capitalized on those mistakes that's just good driving it's not any conspiracy that black people that the world is against black people because not everything is about race and i'm serious man you're hearing it from a conscious motherfucker not everything is about race there's other matters like class and whatever and gender and you know and all other antagonisms that limit our development as black people you can't limit our arguments and our thinking to just race you can't always try and constantly play the victim as black people you know i know that lewis hamilton was angry obviously he would be angry because he's a competitive person he is a sports player or he is a he's a driver there's a season you are expected to win that season you are expected to do exceptionally well and by his standards he didn't do well he didn't get angry because it's a race thing or or they're pinning against him he's already done his job as a black person in that field of 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 sport for the fact that he can he can he could afford to go to go-karts is already him above the the the, the categorization of most black people anyway in the uk because in the uk a lot of black people are not so well they're not well off they're well to do if you understand the difference you'll know so a lot of people got angry thinking that there's this attack on our race and it's that was not the case it's a it's a it's a yes i admit that some of the rules were were bent you know i think maybe it's because verstappen looks like he's a crybaby himself i'm not also a verstappen fan i'm a ferrari fan and i'm so happy with the with the with the gains that ferrari actually made this year for the first time in years ferrari was in the top three of um the 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 constructors championship 
so that's a step in the right direction it means that ferrari has started to work on the engine has started to modernize has not been depending on the fact that they have a, a ferrari engine to to pull them through and they've actually worked on the, the car which is why science and and the clay were both able to have poor finishes you know the car itself became better you know for the drivers you can see that they were enjoying the car fine there were some courses that they were finding difficulty in but the car still being developed still evolving as time goes by Where, whereas red bull went all in and they went for an extremely powerful engine didn't change the aerodynamics of the car as much the silver arrow still remains one of the most legendary cars in history you know when you think back to the races that happened in the 40s and 50s obviously most of us are not alive to be there and see the races but you know from seeing obviously from clips on the internet and you know and archives you would see that the silver arrow has always been that car you know its shape its speed its um <clears throat> adaptability to different terrains makes it one of the best shapes in terms of high performance cars and also inspired obviously the F1 generation the silver arrow inspired probably every other car in the F1 in terms of shape and the aerodynamics not to say the engine itself but you know how it is so to reemphasize no i'm not i'm not a hater i'm not anti black not at all is a matter of fact I'm pro black I'm extremely pro black but I need people to stop believing and thinking that Lewis Hamilton deserved to win this championship more than Verstappen no he didn't Verstappen yes if you actually watch the F1 from the beginning which is by the way was the longest season I've said in one of my episodes this year that this is the longest season the F1 has ever had because I think they added three or four more courses yes so it was inherently the longest um F1 season to come ever and and it and it yielded great fruits it, it it had a conversation i think they had a bigger fan base you know more people were watching the F1 but obviously more people were watching the F1 is a sense of pride rather than them understanding the sport and the technicals behind the sport because it's a very very highly technical sport the point system is pretty crazy how you get penalties is very crazy um not all driving is dangerous driving even if it appears to be so so a lot of people i seen even in their conversations they very cumbersome of that 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 specific you know thinking they will always say no but you know but when you think about it that's how it is um like once again i'm going to say it again just to annoy a few of my my bens fans on my on my on my uh stream congratulations to max man he was brilliant and we have to admit that obviously the fia has to think of um evolving their rules you know going into the future so that they they avoid things like this actually happening for real you know utterances of cheating and manipulation and um the deployment of safety cars prematurely or or you know too too late things like that you know these kind of glitches are not you know pervasive at most times some of them really are mistakes because the people who make those rules or who try and enforce those rules some of them are human and i mean some because i mean 
I don't believe that elites are human. That's another question for another debate for another blog and another time and another place. Yeah. So it's been crazy. Like, here's another thing. I missed so much. Uh, I wasn't even around to tell and speak about the sacking of Oleg on People were asking me, bro, you you are a supposedly big ass Oleg on fan. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a fan of the team. When a manager leaves, we say thank you, goodbye. We support the next manager. I support Ralph Rangnick. He is one of the godfathers of the Hempe Press. For those who don't know what that is, it's German for the high press. So a high press is a tactic used in football where you try and you try and play or outplay your 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 opponent's weaknesses. So so in essence, if your opponent is uh, you know extremely you know they press or they 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 play a low block. So a low block is when you play too deep in defense. Then the high press helps to push that low block so much so that they have to come out to make to try and sustain the pressure and low block teams are very it's very difficult to play you know always very difficult to play low block teams because they can defend for jesus comes till jesus comes rather so you so you obviously have to counter with the press the team that plays that um, tactic there's two teams in the world that currently play that high pressing high intensity football and it's Bayern Munich and Liverpool now people ask how are they able to do it and Man United isn't able to do it the focal point of a Genge press right is it's midfield Um, the midfield is the engine room of the Genge press because the game starts and ends with them they start to move forward they help to 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 organize the back that's why the midfield is important and man united currently has a midfield challenge because they have two players that are not really liked who who like when they play individually they're not so good they play as one player which is so weird you know which is the mcfred or the infamous mcfred mctonomy mcfred they play very well as a unit but when they play separately they play horribly so I think Man United needs another midfielder of high quality who can play a very defensive and an attacking role not a box to box midfielder per se because they have that in Fred they need a player who can who is very technically gifted at controlling the game so somebody who ideally has the profile of your Frankie De Jong's, your Busquets, Casemiro, Tony Cruz would be very suitable in this kind of formation. So that's me talking about the tactics, right? But me back to Oli. People were angry, or people were asking me. I'm sure there was so I told you so. He was gonna be terrible. He's gonna fuck up. And I'm like, his only his only weakness or his problem was that. When Cristiano Ronaldo was signed to that team, it made it very difficult for him to play without him. Not because he couldn't say no, because it's a capital thing, you know. He 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 generates income, he wears the number seven jersey, it's a homecoming, he's back, he's trying to prove a point. So it would have been a whole lot better scripted. 
if Cristiano Ronaldo became the hero instead of the anti-hero he's beginning to become right now. A lot of United fans will get angry at me and say that I'm not hung or I'm not over the fact that Ole is being sacked. No, I'm very over it, right? And I'm very grateful for the years that he gave to that club. Even as a person who is a neutral, who actually understands football without the whole slandering and the abuse and the bullshit, would understand that this guy did very well. But people who saw Man United under Moyes, under Mourinho, and under Van Gaal would understand what I'm talking about. Because trophies don't always determine success. You can win trophies today and then for more than 50 years win nothing again. Liverpool won a trophy during a pandemic. They won the Premier League. They have their best team right now in the era, even Chelsea, but they're not first on the table. What trophy is that winning? They'll tell you about the trophies that they won, but that's history now. We're talking about right now. Man City seems like they're going to run away with the league again, and they don't even have a striker, which tells you all you need to know about how much catching up teams like Man United have to do. You have to catch up to a city that has now completely dominated and decimated the, the domination that Man United had in Manchester. You have Liverpool, who is now the most decorated team in English history again. You also have an Arsenal that is coming back from the ashes, you know, with the with, with, with brilliant rebuilding dynamics. Then you have a Chelsea that is, despite its shortcomings, very unpredictable and has the ability to come back and be scary again despite them spending more than 100 million on a striker who ain't doing fucking shit at the team but it means that for teams like Man United and Spurs they needs to there's a dynamism of constantly having to catch up or, 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 or they say closing the gap as most people would say that's what has to happen and I feel like Ole did what he needed and what he had to do closed the gap last season the team was was almost less than 15 points behind the eventual winners man city who ended up at the final of the champions league as well to show you how much football city had and how much experience they had gained man united was competing on that level you know Yes, fine, he did not win the Europa League final. But if he had won the Europa League final, they wouldn't have shown the defects that Manchester still has, which is a lazy, entitled players who don't fight for the badge. As, as Gary Neville, not Gary Neville, as Roy Keane or Robbie Keane has said countless times that these blokes don't care about the club, they don't care about the jersey. And I think that's a general thing with Manchester players. They just play for the fact that it's, you know, it's it's a big club, it's a commercially successful club. And not necessarily it's history, it's beautiful history of, you know, comebacks, of winning against our odds, you know, 99, 2008. All those kind of situations that people don't realize is part of the DNA of the team. People get angry every time we mention DNA, but clubs to be as big as they are they have a sense of identity you can't tell me that you're a big club and you don't have an identity when you look at manchester city as much as they are money or oil we know that they have an identity they play very quick exciting possession based football with the ability to score lots and lots of fucking goals 
that's what we know about City. We know that Liverpool is a high-pressing team that is relentless on attack and defence. We know that Chelsea is one of the most defensively sound units in football in, in, in English league history. We know that Tottenham Hotspur is a team that has always constantly been on the come up, you know, but has very exciting players. Arsenal has always been a team that knows how to keep possession and knows how to retain it. That's their style of play. Manchester United has always been known for direct attacking, for direct passing, for being direct, for being for moving from defense to attack. You know, but not the pressing so much, but to move from defense to attack very to very swiftly. That's what they're known for. And you're telling me that you have to move away from the DNA of the teams because you simply want to win trophies. It won't work. You will end up like a Barcelona that moved away from its initial DNA where they started buying marquee signings and stopped focusing on their academy. And now it's almost too late to go for And thankfully, the academy will always produce quality. So it's never too late for Barcelona to always go into its academy. Like how the defense is mostly, if not all, Barcelona academy or graduates. Araujo, Mingesa, Baldo, you know, Balde, sorry, Alejandro Balde and you know pk himself and, and and eric garcia are all players that come from the academy and barcelona moved away from that dna of theirs and look at what it's doing to them right now it's absolutely decimating them because from the time Lionel messi would have reached his peak barcelona was supposed to already look for a messi type replacement not a messi replacement a messi type replacement somebody who can be a marquee player somebody who can grow with the club and for god knows how long you know so that's why it's very difficult for people to move away from dna you know telling people that no you can't say dna 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 you have to some of the best clubs in the world in the last five years who have won the champions league have a identity have and it's not only tactics just the sense of identity you can see in the shape of the team that it has been permeated from management all the way to pitch management so management when i mean the ones upstairs your ceo your your, your directors of football the ceo the coo and the technical directors all the way to the bottom of the men to the managers the head coaches so it goes without saying that dna is very important to football Ole was even very brave and much like he was a lot braver than a lot of coaches would have been did not leave the team by the back door he left through the front and he admitted that the results were not good fine he was trying to stay strong and say that i still have an opportunity to to get this club to be great again but it won't happen because if you still have the people that he had right who were making the decisions for him because we forget that in it as much as John Marto was recently hired as the DOF he only is now exercising his power right now and and Fletcher was the a technical director is only exercising his powers right now prior to that they had no no saying in the signings because had they had proper sayings in the signings 
maybe the season would have turned out differently. Maybe we wouldn't have bought Cristiano Ronaldo and been baited by Manchester City. Because I'm pretty sure Manchester City didn't even... They needed Cristiano more than we did. We still have Cavani and Martial. Now Cavani barely plays despite his injuries. Martial wants to leave. So now we have a vacuum in attack. Again, in a striker, in a number nine, we have to go back and find another number nine ideally or just turn greenwood into a nine so you see that the dynamics of football are always constantly changing but in terms of the league i do believe city is going to take it again and man united will probably make top four with arsenal along arsenal chelsea will miss out people will get angry for me saying that but chelsea is going to miss out but for only one reason and one reason only they don't have finishers that's the only reason why they won't be able to win the league or for them to miss out on the top four. And then we can stop hearing this Tuchel is a genius shit. Just like the whole Poch thing and the Brandon Rogers thing. Brandon Rogers is a fraud and Poch is an even bigger fraud. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. I ain't even gonna carry on. <laughs> but yeah, so like I was saying, Madrid looks great. They finally have their players. Ancelotti is meant for that team. Juve is washed. But Juve has always been a crap team. Juventus is not good. Juventus are just a bunch of cheaters. So it's fine. So it's fine that they're not doing so well anymore in the league. I could care less. I'm happy that the Milans are good again. Inter and AC Milan. Lazio and Napoli are back in the mix. Because that's how the top four in Italy should be. Not Juve. Juve once got relegated because they were cheating they were, they were being fraudulent so yeah but that's just me being biased and then the South African league man Pirates is not look, looking good guys Pirates not looking great at all they're looking absolutely shoddy they're looking it's abysmal their form is abysmal they're so inconsistent I think there's a, a vacuum in the coaching um, because they haven't had a permanent um coach in some time I think they're still looking yeah they still are looking or they're going or adopting the same mentality as Man United is having an interim who will provide consultancy after he or he's done coaching or managing the team and then you know move upstairs as they call it but Pirates is going to a lot even Chiefs in terms of its coaching staff but it's a good one in that its essence because Afazwane is starting to look like a great manager you know he's very dynamic he understands the style of South African football he's not trying to adopt European styles of football yes Chiefs needs work at the back defensively we need to, to go and get solid man because we have a terrible defense our goalkeeping department is great Akbay great goalkeeper very good on his line Tumlengune one of the best Africa has seen and Bruce Boo and Bruce Vuma is you know the future of South African goalkeeping so we have a good mix you know in the department my midfield is beautiful you know Cole Alexandra you know um, you think of Age you think of Manyama who's now playing a deeper role Bernapaka Mr. Reliable you know um Billiard is actually doing so well with the Keegan Dolly combination. I think he needed a player who's much more free flowing than him. 
you know, to move off his movement, to play off his movement. Because the whole focal striker, you know, Lukovic, uh, Castro thing is not something that Keza Chiefs is known for. You know, we have deadly, we've had deadly strikers, but we've never had the nine. You know, yes, we had with Nukovic, but it limited our style of play because we always constantly had to play on the 4 2 3 1. You know, and Chiefs is known for playing the 4 4 2 and the 4 3 3, you know, with a holding midfielder. So, yeah. So it's it's crazy when you watch all this game. The cricket, man, don't tell me about the pro tiers. The pro tiers are absolutely fucked, man. They ain't gonna get better. Things are gonna get worse for them before they get better. They need to fix their racism and their vacuum of power that side so that they can be as good as the Springboks. The pro tiers have never been good because they deal too much with the politics rather than the sport itself. They want to really maintain the status quo the hell why are you doing that if you continue to do that we'll never win anything else you know so it must change it must really change for real so i so i go and i i maintain and i will continue to say that sport has been incredible this year it's it's made so much sense and no sense at all you know um, the Olympics happened this year successfully so you know top of the charts you know obviously or um, China and the USA because they usually have a lot of people competing in the tournaments or in the competitions they they pump in a lot of people at the competitions because of their facilities and whatnot Russia competed as a neutral because they are currently serving a, um, I think a, a ban, a five to ten year ban, due to the high cases of doping in Russia, in the Federation, the Russian Federation. So they are known, or they named as an ROA. I don't know if people noticed that with a white flag that has the Olympic rings in it to show neutrality. They do compete as individual athletes but are not allowed to serve the country because the country was, you know, effectively banned. Even if they were, they went to go appeal and the appeal was lost because of the, the, the extent in which the doping had happened. Crazy, right? So, and the Winter Olympics also happened. I think they happen or they are about to happen because I know they're going to happen in Beijing. So, yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, South Africa also had a very controversial situation happen to them. A game against Cameroon for the Qatar 2022 qualifiers. Unfortunately, Bafana didn't qualify. Yeah, and water's wet. But this time, they really were unfairly, um, you know, dismissed. Uh, what happened is that there was a penalty that was given to the Ghanaians. Well done to them for qualifying, by the way. No bad blood. Love Ghana. Love the people in Ghana. Love Accra. Love Livingston. Very incredible, powerful people. Good-hearted. Very fair-hearted people. You know, a lot less arrogant and a lot less, you know, stubborn than, than, than our Nigerian brothers. So, you know, what happened in Accra is that uh, there was a penalty that was called. So, uh, the suspicion was it, it was diving right but there is no VAR in in most African countries I think only Morocco and Egypt are the only two countries that have VAR so 
what happened is they fell he fell to the ground and then he was given a penalty score and that was the winning goal so obviously i think the discouragement came from bafana bafana that uh you know we are competing but we all know that the game has been bought so they went to appeal to the fifa right and fifa threw that appeal out you know even if they we can see that there are grounds to actually do the appeal because one of the grounds it's so simple is that this is a international level uh tournament and there's no var or no goal line technology present right we are asking for a replay in a country that is neutral so a country that has var and goal line that's egypt to us to play in cairo it's neutral the cases are low so that we can have a much fairer game because there was nothing fair about that kind of game there were more than you could say more than 60 mistakes that were errors and those errors errors were very pervasive it was on purpose so there was grounds to appeal fine we lost the appeal it's fine that's that's just really how sport works sometimes you know but you know congratulations to Ghana may they represent us well in Qatar and may Qatar um, make way and open way for the inclusion of more african teams in the world cup we don't want the world cup to be frequent i don't give a fuck about the world cup coming in every two years no it must still be every four years the thing that they need to do is add more african teams to that bloody log yes so ideally add two more groups um african teams that are allowed to play in the world cup i think is four we need to have at least eight teams because we are also the we are the second largest continent on the planet why are we only having six teams is it because an african team has never won the world cup obviously a team in africa will never win the world cup because the first 70 to 80 years we were fighting against the same oppressors that actually went on to win world cups how fucking ironic huh? so yeah so where when it comes to the shape and how football should work that's how we should change it that's how it should be shaped yes i believe that more teams from africa have to be added i think the football in africa has improved significantly in the last just last few years just the last few years literally we have a team an african team that is now considered the top 3 one of the the third best team in the world right now because of the club world cup last season we came third i say we in the capacity as a south african i'm not a sundowns fan i just love their football i'm a huge kaiser chiefs fan just love watching their football so they are the third best, biggest team pizzo musimani is one of the biggest managers in the world now you know for the fact that he won the the, the african cup of nations three years i mean twice back to back he's been to four finals in his last five years is very phenomenal for a manager you know of his of his you know of his nationality because he's a south african manager working in north africa crazy right so it's crazy man you know but to conclude sport this year has been you know has been something different it has offered even more talk points it has put back the whole racing in 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 um in in perspective oh yeah 
congratulations to Italy for winning the motherfucking Euros, man. I said, okay, I know I said it earlier on in the previous episode, but I'm still happy that Italy won it and not England. Fuck England, they don't deserve to win anything. They have a terrible manager. I don't like Southgate. I think Southgate is a very lethargic manager. I think his style of football is boring. Uh, I think his understanding of football is even more boring. So, yeah, Italy deserved to win it. Mancini was brilliant. His, his tactics were on par and on point most of the time. So, he, he deserved it. I see Mancini going back to the Premier League, probably to go coach Man City, because I see him as the only manager feasible, like, enough to actually win the Champions League. Pep will never win the Champions League with any other team except for Barcelona. And that's just the truth. So, yeah. You know, long story short, the season is still carrying on. The cases still continue to go up because of the Omicron variant. But it seems like it's being controlled in most countries now because Omicron might be highly transmittable. It's still not as deadly as Delta and Alpha. And that's good. So, yeah, so that's very encouraging news and good things to hear. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to the second last episode of Sports Made Simple. Could be more episodes, could be no episodes, but just to kind of, you know, you know, uh, transition out very properly and nicely. This is my second last episode, you know. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything, guys. Um, continue to support the the, 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 the the movement, man, to the, the movement that doesn't sleep. You know, continue to be out here, to engage, to be strong, to be steadfast, man. Thank you so much for your time. Danko is thank you, but for you to Happy New Year and season greetings, man. I hope you all had a great Christmas and I hope you all have a great and prosperous 2022. See you around. Hear you around. Nico, man.